Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, that Practical Prophetic. Hello guys, welcome to Secret Ingredients for Happiness, episode 13. Now today's podcast episode is closely related to our last one, which was titled, What's Your Happiness Factor? Our theme today is really all about the enduring faithfulness of the Lord, but it also relates to some secret ingredients in the recipe for happiness, as our title says, but we don't want that to remain a secret anymore, of course. I'm excited about the podcast moving in this direction. In our last episode, we talked about biblical steps to move from being miserable to satisfied, and that just because you're a Christian doesn't automatically mean that you're happy. And you may want to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it already. As I said, this week's podcast is related to happiness as well, but we're going to be talking about other things on the road that we'll encounter on the way to get there. We could think of it as a GPS route to happiness, for example. Now, I will always like to look at the portion that gives you the actual directions. I don't want to just like blindly get to my destination. So that's kind of what we're going to do. We're going to look at some of those steps, those routes, those turns that are going to get us there eventually. So let's talk a little bit about work, your job, your work, what you do. Everybody has to do it. God's plan for you is to work. We know that from Genesis 2. But it's also his plan for you to be happy. But we're not always happy in our work or our jobs, are we? So it can be a major obstacle. So I want to talk about that. Now, personally, in my own life, some of my work brings me great satisfaction and makes me happy. Writing articles are like that. Doing podcasts like this one are like that. And that's because even though they are work, it's also very satisfying work because it brings me so much life. And that's because the Holy Spirit will begin to move and give me inspiration. And inspiration can just catch you up. It's like the thoughts that I have, they just flow. It's like I can't even keep up with them sometimes. I have to type them out. I have to write And I just find that so satisfying. But some of what I do, I don't really enjoy. The technical aspects, perhaps, of what I do. The administrative parts. And school. I'm working on my master's degree. And it's become almost like I just can't see the end of the tunnel. Can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I have to work really long days right now because I'm just not making enough progress fast enough. And it's kind of grueling, I have to admit. So I have to trust that the Lord will use it someday. I wouldn't be doing it if I hadn't felt like he had led me to do this. And I have to stay in a place where I do it unto him. Now, remember, it might seem like I have it all figured out, but I've told you that's not true. Remember, I wasn't spirit-filled until I was in my early 40s and I was miserable before them, even though I'd been a Christian for 30-plus years. But see, what happened is God took all those negative experiences, those hardships and those hard times, and he used them to shape me and mold me and my life into something that I can do now. 
it's all preparation sometimes. We have to remember that. What I had experienced all those years before when I was miserable prepared me for what I love to do now. My life experience, the wisdom I gained, uh, things like my family grew closer out of the hard times we had. And, you know, I learned a lot of compassion along the way. I used to just kind of think, well, why don't people just get their act together? But I have much more compassion and understanding for things now. It's like the Lord just showed me through all these experiences that his heart is one of compassion. So what if you are not happy in your job or your work? Is it still possible to be happy in your life? I believe it is. So here's secret ingredient number one. The work belongs to the Lord. The work that you do belongs to the Lord. Colossians 3.23 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. So if you don't understand that, what that scripture is really talking about, you're going to be missing something. So what I'm trying to say is don't get discouraged if you don't love what you do yet. You might not be on that turn yet that takes you closer to it. Remember, we're on a GPS route to happiness. Sometimes you have to be patient. Remember, God knows what he's doing. He is taking you somewhere if you will just hang in there. Remember, I was in my early 40s and I was still miserable. And my husband would ask me, remember, that's in the last episode. He'd say, what would it take to make you happy? And I had no idea. So that roadmap, that GPS route to happiness, it's going to take you through Romans 8.28. That's like a major highway on the way to happiness. Romans 8.28, a lot of us know it. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, the called according to his purpose. So it's so important to remember that if you're called by the Lord, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, and you let him, he will use all those things in your life to, to get you to that place of happiness. I love the example of Joseph. You all know the story of what he went through. And when his brothers were standing before him towards the end of the book, remember his father had died by that time. First they send messengers because they're afraid. Now that their dad's dead, what is he going to do? And then they actually go before him themselves. And Joseph says to them, this is Genesis 50, 18 to 21. Uh, first it says, Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, you are, we are your servants. They were scared. And Joseph said, verse 19, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Sounds like Romans 8, 28, doesn't it? In order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and for your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. See, Joseph learned compassion along that highway to happiness, just like I have learned compassion to a great degree, way more than I used to. And that's part of what God will do, because God has a thing where he will refine us. He'll sift us, and then he'll sift again. And sometimes we don't like that process and we can't see where we're going. See, Malachi 3, 2 to 3 says, He's like a refiner's fire, like launderer's soap. He'll sift us again. He'll refine us again. He'll launder us again so that we get purer and purer. 
like silver or gold. So nothing God ever does in your life is ever wasted. Not as long as you keep saying yes to the Lord, you keep following Him, you keep abiding in His presence, eventually you'll get to that destination, that sweet spot where you know that now it's your time. And now you're doing something that you love and is satisfying, all right? Now, some people get there faster. You know, maybe they, I don't know, God just has them on the fast track or whatever. But I'm talking about abiding happiness, not just the happiness of the moment, okay? So remember, you can't see all that he's doing at the time, but he never wastes anything that you're going through. It can always, always be made beautiful in its time. That's what Ecclesiastes 3.11 is talking about. And remember, we really talked a lot about Ecclesiastics in last week's podcast. Because Ecclesiastics shows us that secret, that first secret that we talked about last week, on the way to being happy. Now, it's not that God enjoys everything that you are suffering. You know, like he doesn't enjoy your suffering is what I'm trying to say. But he will use it to redeem it and purify you. All right. It's what I call the divine exchange. Isaiah 61 talks about that when it says, I think it's verse 3, that he brings us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and we get to exchange the spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise. Now that's important, the garment of praise. Well, what is that garment? Well, it's a figurative a figure of speech, right? That Garment of praise, it's something that we all wear all the time if we get to that place where he's exchanged that for us. Now, think of, you know, regular clothes. We don't go around naked, right? Not since the Garden of Eden. We always wear clothes of some kind. That's what it's talking about. We should be clothed always with that spirit of praise, always praising the Lord. It's a conscious choice much of the time. We may not even feel like it. And that's where the Psalms come in. What you may not realize is that the Psalms are actually a corporate hymn book. They were intended for temple worship. The Psalms were set to the accompaniment of stringed instruments, and they served as a temple hymn book and devotional guide for the Jewish people. Sometimes we can see elsewhere in Scripture where certain poems or songs were incorporated for congregational use in the Psalms, and others weren't. For instance, there was a prayer of Moses, which became Psalm 90. There was a song of David's when he was delivered from the hand of the enemies and from the hand of Saul, and it became Psalm 18. And other songs didn't. There was a song of Moses in Exodus 15 and one in Exodus 32 that did not. And Deborah's song in Judges 5 did not. So really the psalms were gradually collected and came to be known as the Book of Praises because every psalm contains some note of praise to God, just about every one. So sort of similar to the canonization of the whole of Scripture, the Psalms went through a process of canonization too. And in the fourth and the final stage of the formation of the Psalms, Psalms 145 to 150 appeared, and now they constitute what we could think of as the grand finale for the final collection of Psalms that we presently know. And each of these Psalms begins and ends with, Praise the Lord. Think about certain hymns that have become synonymous with worship in certain denominational circles, like Blessed Assurance by Fanny Crosby, or It Is Well With My Soul, where that famous author penned it after his daughters were lost at sea. Or how about In the Garden, I Come to the Garden Alone. 
or Amazing Grace, written by John Newton in 1772. These are also familiar. They somehow became like synonymous with how we worshipped in this certain time frame. Well, the Psalms are like that. They became synonymous with praise, and they embodied the Jewish lifestyle of being clothed in praise. And it's important for us to remember that just as the Jews were a nation chosen by God to be in covenant with him, and the means by which he displayed his glory in the earth, so you and I are also in covenant with God, under a new and better covenant, according to Hebrews. We're also a holy nation, a kingdom nation. You find that in First Peter 2.9. So we should also put on that garment of praise. The model was the Jewish people who used the Psalms as their lifestyle for worship. So remember our theme that we talked about in the beginning? The enduring faithfulness of the Lord and how I told you that it tied into happiness? Well, we're getting down to where it's all going to connect, I hope. That's the point. That's where we're trying to get. But first, let me give you an illustration. We all know about Wendy's, right? The fast food chain founded by Dave Thomas. And the slogan that I remember from my childhood, or I don't know how long ago it was, probably dates me because I don't think this has been the Wendy slogan for some time. But quality is our recipe is the slogan that I remember. And in our family, it was kind of like if you were going to have fast food, you should at least go to Wendy's. Because we didn't do fast food very much when I was growing up. And we don't do it at all now. Or I don't, I shouldn't say when I was growing up. No, we never did it then. But I mean when I was raising my kids is what I meant to say. We didn't go for fast food very often. But when we did, we pretty much made it Wendy's. And it's kind of fun that it wasn't too long ago, a couple years ago, I had two of my kids home. And we went to church and they were like, Mom, why don't we go to Wendy's? Well, the reason they did that is because it was a throwback to when we were uh, raising our kids and and we would do that after church. It's like it was a treat for me, a big break, not to have to worry about what people were going to have for lunch after church. And so we would just stop at Wendy's and get them something. And so what I want to say is that if you're struggling with happiness, perhaps you don't like your work, you don't like your job, and you're trying to reach that place that I'm talking about where you're happy in the Lord and you've given your work to the Lord. You know it belongs to Him. If you want a quick spiritual meal, kind of like fast food in a way, but yet one that will sustain you, a spiritual meal that will sustain you and be great quality, sort of like, you know, I said Wendy's, quality is our recipe. Here's my suggestion. I suggest that you read a psalm per day. One psalm per day. You can't read the psalms and not praise God. Because here's the deal. Secret ingredient number two is that your happiness is connected to praising the Lord. Because praise taps you into the enduring faithfulness of the Lord. It's that simple. So I hope as we went through this, all the dots are connecting and you can see where we've been going and how this all makes sense. And it's actually just a beautiful picture or tapestry if you can follow it all the way through. So let's close by reading Psalm 146. Now the title of the caption above the psalm in my Bible in the New King James says this, The happiness of those whose help is in the Lord. So isn't that awesome? Psalm 146 is one of those 
praise psalms, but it's titled The Way to Happiness, basically, is that you help, you recognize your help is in the Lord. So, let's start. First one. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Why I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His spirit departs. He returns to the earth. In other words, men are mortal. Even important and influential people, that's not where you want to get your help. It's not lasting help. Happy, verse 5, is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Wow, how fitting. I pray today's podcast has been a blessing for you. And I also pray that as you seek the Lord and consider the suggestion of reading one psalm per day, that you will understand that even if you don't love your job, you're on a road called the pursuit of happiness, and you will get there if you follow every step and every turn that the Lord leads you on. All right? So blessings to you all. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your positive review helps the show reach more people with our message. And please visit our website at www.starfireministries.org where you can donate, read our latest articles, and keep up to date with us on all of our social media sites. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.